Acts 4. Acts 4. Notice Acts 4. Amen. We got a word for us this morning. The Lord has prepared a good word for us. Acts, the fourth chapter. We're going to skip around some. Now, we know, of course, in the third chapter of the book of Acts, Peter and John going up to the temple to pray. A certain man being lame, the Bible says, from his mother's womb, who was above 40 years old, asked money of Peter and John. But we know the story, many of us, that Peter, looking at the man, said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth, rise up. Now get up. The Bible said, then his ankles and his feet received strength. And he leaped up and began praising God and entered into the temple with Peter and John. Now, you would think the church at that time would have been rejoicing over this miracle of healing. But they didn't. But they didn't. And, and, and it caused uh, the high priest and the Sadducees to come against Peter and John for this good work that they had done or that God had done through them. And so when we look at Acts, the fourth chapter, and we look at verse number 13, so they have uh, examined Peter and John. They have even heard from Peter and John in reference to the miracle that had taken place. And they asked him, by, by what name or by what power have you done this? And so they let him know that the miracle was done in the name of Jesus. And so when we look at Acts 4 and 13, the Bible said, now when they saw the boldness, notice this, of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized Read now the New King James Version, that they had been with Jesus. Now when, the, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, because when questioning them, you got to understand, Peter and John refused to back down. They, they, they refused to back down. They knew by saying that the miracle was done in the name of Jesus that that would offend the Sadducees. Because the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. They, they didn't believe in a lot of things that had to do with the miraculous. And so the Bible said they saw, they saw their boldness. I, I want us to understand this morning that when we are bold, that is something that others can see. When you're bold in God, listen, there's a difference between being bold in God and being arrogant in self. We never want to be arrogant in self, but we always want to be bold in the faith. Come on, I didn't get me an amen. I said we always want to be bold in the faith. Now, a lot of times when you're bold in the faith, ignorant people will perceive it as you being arrogant. But as long as I'm giving God the glory, the honor, and the praise for all he has done, he's doing, and he's going to do, Folk may look at me as being arrogant, but you're not listening to what I'm saying. Because I'm not giving myself the credit. I'm not giving myself the glory. Come on. I'm not asking nobody to worship me. Worship the God who saved me. Worship the God who helped me. And like God helped me, he'll help who? You. But don't ever get to the point to where the more God blesses you or the more he raises you up, you become arrogant. You start thinking you did it. Y'all understand the difference? Because there are people when you get to testifying, because they're not going to like what you are saying, they're going to say about you a number of things. He arrogant. She thinks she all that. He come bragging about what he got. Well, see, that's okay if, he, if he's letting you know that it came from God. He got it doing right. Woo! You, you know, you got folk, they don't like to hear a child of God talk about what they got. But let the dope man talk about what, what he got. They ain't got a problem with that, right? 
Come on, come on. We already into some teaching. We are not to be arrogant people. Did y'all hear me? I got to repeat that. No matter how much God blesses you, we ought to stay humble, but we need to be bold in the faith. And so this is how they were. Notice verse number 17. But so that it spreads. Now, they done got with them and commanding them that they don't need to teach in this name no more. Oh, y'all, we really need to take heed to some of this stuff. Y'all don't need teaching that name no more. Was it that name that, that caused that man to get a miracle? Yeah, it was in that name. Okay, don't teach in that name no more. Notice verse 17. But so that it spreads no further. No, they don't want that spreading. They don't want that spreading. But, but see, you see how we are, we are, some folks are automatically our enemies. Do y'all see it in the text? They said, but so that it spreads no further. Okay, y'all want to threaten us that it spreads no further, but our job is to spread it. This we not always tell y'all, everybody not going to like you. And, and some folk not going to like you because you're doing what you're supposed to do. See, they don't want them to spread it. But their job is. Come on. Folk don't want you to testify, but your job is to testify. I got to tell it. I said I got to tell it. Because I get tired of hearing you tell it. Well, you, hey, I got to tell it. Some stories y'all done heard me tell year after year after year. You, you almost know the story. Some of you can finish some of my stories. But it don't stop me from telling them. Is that right? Even if I had, now y'all, let me tell you what happened to me time. If I ever told y'all, y'all be like, yeah, Pastor, you told us about that. Well, I said, I got to tell you again then. See, because our job is to tell it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us, notice the wording carefully, severely threaten them. Severely threaten them. So we don't really know what they said to them, but it was a severe threat. That from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them. Commanded them. They called and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of of Jesus watch the boldness but Peter and John answered and said to them whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God you judge boldness for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard so when they had father threatened them no notice this were these folks serious with them they already done severely threatened them that didn't do it. Then they commanded them not to teach in his name. That didn't do it. And then in virtual one, the Bible says, so when they had further threatened them, they took their threats further. Do y'all see that? We got to read, read. We got to sometimes know how to slow down when we read it. So when they had further threat, so whatever the severe threats was earlier on, they took it even further in threatening them. And by threatening them, y'all, we don't even know if they threatened their family. They could have threatened their families. When they had threatened them, they let them go finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Verse 23, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So they went back and told their, their, their companions and, and the elders what the elders of the church had said to them. Notice verse number 29. We're coming in. Now, Lord, look. Now, this is when they got together. Now they're praying. Now, Lord, look on their threats. See, that's when folk threaten. You can't let threats get you down. You got to know who to take the threats to. You got to know who to talk to about the threats. Come on. Certain folk can threaten you, but you steady telling your best friend and your best friend can't do nothing. You got to know who can do something about what you're going through. Did y'all hear me? I said, you got to know who can do something about your situation. Who can help you in your situation. Don't tell your business to everybody. Because some folk can't help and then some don't care. Did y'all hear me? Some folk can't help and others don't care. But God covers both. He cares and he can help. Right? Now look on their threats and grant. To your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Notice they want to continue operating 
in this boldness. By stretching out your hands to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. You see that? They got what they asked for. They got what they asked for. Now, Lord, look on that threat. Grant to your servant that with all boldness, verse 29, that we may speak your word. Verse 31, when they had prayed, the place was shaken. Well, when they were placed where they were assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. See, that vein that they had got in was being bold. They wanted to stay in that vein. They wanted to stay there. But what the enemy had in mind, even though they was doing a good work, was to make them quit, to make them stop, to make this cease. Are y'all with me? Now, back in the day, we, we, we used to say of people who quit. We, we used to tell folks sometimes who was on the verge of quitting that they didn't need to fold. That's the word we used to say, man, don't fold. Don't fold. And so based upon that, my subject this morning is don't fold, be bold. Don't fold, be bold. Tell your neighbor, don't fold, be bold. Look at somebody else like you mean to tell him, uh, I know you're going through some things. And it's none of my business what it may be. But don't fold, be bold. Let's give God a hand of praise for our subject. Don't. Don't fold. Be bold. Now again, to, to fold has to do with to quit. To quit, to, to, to give in, to give out, and to give up. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't want that to be put on me. Oh, I don't want to be labeled as a man who's always quitting, giving up, giving in, or giving out. I, I, I don't want that to be my reputation. I, I, I don't want to be known for a person, y'all listen to me, who's always giving up. At the first sign of trouble, I'm known for folding. Of throwing in the towel. And sadly there are saints. Who go to church week in and week out. But at the sign of trouble. They are quick to fold. They are quick to fold. Number two it means when a person folds. It says about him or her that they collapse. Under the weight of something. In other words, it's suggesting that a person is going through something. And he or she is collapsing under the weight of what they're going through. I wonder, has anybody ever went through something and, and, and you could feel the weight of that trouble. You, 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 you could feel the way. It, it doesn't matter that you pray. You, you, you could pray. And, but yet you could still feel the weight of that situation. Somebody going through something this morning. And, and people don't even recognize as nice as you look this morning. From an outward appearance. You, 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 you are weighed down with something. And what you're weighed down with is trying its best to get you to fold. Ooh, but I want to preach hard to us this morning because I want to say to the entire church that we don't need to fold. I said we don't need to fold, child of God. I said we don't need to fold, saints. Now finally, to fold has to do with to buckle under pressure. There's a lot of folk who can, they, they, they buckle under, under pressure. 
You, you know, and, and, it's, and it's sad to be that way again as a child of the most high God. It, it, it's sad to be, be to the point to where when everything is wonderful in, in your life, you, 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 you brag about God, you, you, you're a happy person, you're known for being joyful and so forth, but the moment you start going through something, you buckle under the pressure. I, I wonder do anybody know folk like that, that as long as everything is wonderful in their life, they are ready to run on and see what the end is going to be. But the moment trouble show up, the moment something difficult arrives in their life, they buckle under the pressure. Now these folk who are known for buckling under the pressure, many of them sadly are always somewhere in somebody else's face when they're going through telling them to be strong, telling them to just hold on. God going to do for you what he said he would do. But see, what I need you to do is to believe your own prayer and stop buckling under the pressure. Yeah, we need more ministers to stop buckling under pressure because life itself brings pressure. Oh, I wish I got more clap, more amen. Y'all know about life that sooner or later trouble coming. I said sooner or later trouble is coming your way. And for so many of us, it's time for you to mature. It's past time for you to stop buckling under pressure. When you look at our society today, one thing in my humble opinion that's wrong with families is that you have too many men who buckle under the pressure. Oh, they want the head uh, title. Oh, yeah, they want to be the head of the house. Oh, oh, they want to be well respected and so forth. But, brother, we can't respect you the way you desire for us to do. And we know about you that you buckle under pressure. Come on. You let your wife handle the bill collectors. You tell her to call and say this, that, and, and the other. Brother, why don't you get the phone from the woman and be the man and deal with what is, is behind and stop hiding. Woo! Some of y'all brothers don't like that. Stop hiding behind that woman. Come out front, brother. But it's sad again, and, and we're missing men. Who know how to stand strong in times of pressure. We, we, we do. Y'all know some of y'all not liking that. But we need more men to take our godly role in the church as well as in the home. As well as in the community. But listen, brothers, we can't do it if we're known For not being able to deal with trouble. Woo! You want to run the first sign of trouble. And there are some of you, when trouble comes, your first thing to do is to cry. See, you, you, you got to get, well, Pastor, I, 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 I just cry when trouble. But you got to get beyond that got to get beyond crying. How many, know, how many know I'm right about that? There are some of us, we had to learn to dry up tears. Listen, why, Pastor? So that we can clearly hear from God. Don't you know a lot of crying, a lot of sobbing will cloud your mind in reference to hearing from God? How you going to hear from God and you're sobbing that loud? Oh, oh, yeah, it's tight. It's tight, but it's right. Notice Proverbs 24. Notice Proverbs 24. Notice Proverbs 24. I think some of you know where I'm going, but let's go here anyway. Look, look, look at Proverbs 24. So we're talking this morning about don't fold. This ain't time to fold. 
Proverbs 24 in, ver in verse number 10. Notice what the scripture says. Hmm, are y'all ready? Proverbs 24, 10. The Bible says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you faint in the day of adversity, notice what the proverb writer said, your strength is small. Adversity has to do with, with trouble, afflictions, and difficulties. Notice, child of God, that if we faint or fold in the day of adversity, our strength is small. Why is that important? Because Nehemiah told us in the book of Nehemiah that the joy of the Lord is our strength. See, if you're folding in the day of adversity, one thing it says about you is you're not happy in the manner that you need to be. You're not happy in the manner that you need to be. And let me tell you something. If, if you're not careful, trouble will rob you of happiness. Trouble will rob you. Trouble will have you sitting at the house looking rough. I tried to be nice, looking rough. I tried to be, I cleaned it up the best I could. Look, it was something else in my mind, but I didn't want to say, looking rough. And watch it, while you're at the house looking rough and pitiful, you're waiting on trouble to pass. Oh, oh, Pastor, when I, I, I'm going to be myself again when, when, when this trouble passes. Listen, you got to learn to be happy. While trouble is present, Woo! when trouble is coming, come on, some of us, you've been taught too well to keep allowing trouble to steal your joy. Well, I should say take your joy from you. No matter what happens in the life of a child of God, we should have joy. We should have joy. We, we, I said we should have joy. And our joy should be seen on the outside. No, don't tell me you got it on the inside. Because if a person is truly happy, come on, somebody help me. On the inside, it will manifest on the outside. With the clapping of some hands. With some leaping for joy. When you're happy, you're going you're gonna to turn in victory. You got to dance in your, come on, somebody. And see, I used to be there just waiting on trouble to pass. But all at the same time, my prayer to God was, use me, Lord. Use me. Which actually meant that trouble was coming. Come on. If you've ever asked God to use you and he put you in a trial, he, he answered your prayer. Answer your prayer. Use me, Lord, for your glory. Use me for your honor, God. And then the next thing you know, you're going through something similar to what, what Job went through. Not as bad, but, but you're like, Lord, what, what, what happened? But notice again, if you faint, notice this, in the day, in the season, in the time of adversity, and don't think by day he's talking about 24 hours. Woo, teach it right, Pastor. Because there are some troubles, some difficulties, some afflictions that God will assign to our life. Woo, you ain't going to want to hear this. And it's going to last more than 24 hours. Pastor, I just don't understand. I, I sold a good seed last Sunday, and it seemed like, hey. Keep so and so, but but God has ordained for this trouble to be here 
until he says enough. I'm trying to see who, who, yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if all adversity that came in our life came with a time limit of 24 hours? Now you could be happy, right? Because all you're going to do is just sit it out and just count it down. <laughs> I got 12 more hours of this to deal with this. Am, am I right about it? Just hold on, girl. Two more hours and all this going to pass. No. No. It don't work that way. But notice what he said. If you faint in the day, I want you to see day as a season. In a season of, of adversity, your strength is small. Notice why that shouldn't be. Notice, just flip back to the book of Psalms. Notice, notice why that shouldn't be. Notice why that shouldn't be. I want to teach you a little bit today. Notice why that shouldn't be. Ooh-wee. Mm, notice Psalm 46 and verse 1. Notice, if you faint in the day, in the season of adversity, your strength is, is small. Notice what's going on with a person who's facing adversity, trouble, and difficulties, and such, but their strength is small. Notice Psalm 46 and verse 1. Notice what the psalmist said. God is our refuge. This is what I want you to see. And what? And what? God is our refuge and what? See, if I'm fainting in the day of adversity... That means my strength is small, but watch this, child of God. It also says about me that I'm not looking to God the way I need to look to him. See, a lot of times we're not just in trouble, but we're in trouble depending on ourselves too much. That's what's making your strength small. You're in trouble and you're trying to mentally figure your way out of it. That's the reason your strength is small. You're looking too much to yourself. Looking too much to yourself. You're depending too much on mama. You see, your strength is small. Because every time trouble hit, you run to mama. Come on, I didn't call nobody name. But see, the psalmist says, God, you know what I love about God? Well, I guess y'all don't want <laughs> I didn't get not one person said, what you love, Pastor? And I pause. I pause for the cause. And got no response. Who, who said we wait? You wait. Oh, you're waiting on me. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you another chance because I'm waiting on y'all. All right, all right. You want to know what I love about God? He don't try to be nothing. That's what I love. He don't try to be nothing. God is who he says he is. He doesn't need to try to be anything. That's the reason I don't fall under pressure because God ain't trying to be my refuge. He is my refuge. He ain't trying to be my strength. He is my strength. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. God is. God is. Now, we would need to buckle under pressure if the text said God is trying to be our refuge. See, when you make God your refuge, that says about you that he's your, your protector. Come on. You know, no matter how the wind blows, 
you have a refuge. I said, you got a refuge. Don't matter what is going on all around you. If God is your refuge, somebody better help me preach this. You have a hiding place. You have a place of safety. Come on here, somebody. The only reason some of you are not buckling under what you're going through is that God is hiding you. God is shield. He's protecting. See, one thing it says about God when he is your refuge is that he will not permit certain things to happen. Come on, he, he won't permit certain. He, I say he won't permit certain things. I'm finna prove it to some of y'all. How many times have your feet been on the edge? But God didn't permit them to go over. Come on. Come on, somebody. How many times have you been on the edge? But, but somehow, some. He made a way. I said he made a way. And he knew what you could handle, but he also knew I'm not going to let her. I got to be her refuge. That girl been praying. I got to show up and be her refuge. I see what her enemies want to do, but she's still giving me the praise. And so I got to make sure in all of this stuff, I got to be her refuge. Come on here, somebody. It's a certain way you praise God when you know he's your refuge. It's a certain way you carry yourself when you know he's your strength. Am I right about it? Shout, show you right. Shout, show you right. Be seated. Isn't it comforting to know that you don't have to pull yourself out of everything? That used to be some of our lives, scraping, strapping, clawing to make things happen for ourselves. But when God is refuge, but when God is strength, He'll tell you to chill. I got this one. Praise me and I'm going to work it out. Give me the glory and watch the money come. Give me the praise. Somebody praising him right now. Money going to come in the next seven days. In the next seven days. Days, what you need, your God said, I'm about to show up and be strength for somebody in the next seven. The only one gonna praise them is those that got stronger when they heard the word. Before you be seated, if you don't mind, tap three people, tell them, stop trying to do it yourself. Stop trying to do it yourself. Woo! Woo! This is a job for God. Sarah, you can't get pregnant. Abraham, you too old, boy. This is a job for God. This is a job for God. This is a job for God. Daniel, you can't bring yourself out. Lions eat meat. This is a job for... Hebrew boys, this is a job for God. Because fire burns the human flesh. But is there anything... Whoa! When you know God is your strength, you can throw your hands up and say, Lord... There's nothing, no thing too hard for you. You are my strength. Be seated, be seated. One of the worst things to do, and I've been there, 
is to be in trouble and you're depending on yourself too much. Some of you, whether or not you're going to have sanity or peace, depends on, on you. You're trying to be your own peacemaker. Woo! But I love what Jesus told this disciples. He said, my peace I give unto you. This reason he was able to turn around and tell them, let not your heart be troubled. See, that means things can be going wrong, but you, you have the ability to not allow any trouble. You better watch me. You better listen to get to your, to your heart. Which we know the heart is synonymous with the mind. And sometimes you'll confuse folk who you live with and people that know you because they're wondering. When, when, you better make a move. You better do something. But you just sitting there saying, I ain't moving till he, till he tell me to move. Come on. Because see, there are some battles when God is your strength. You better listen to me. He'll give you the victory, but not the way he did the last time. Because he don't ever want you thinking that he's limited to one way of blessing you. This word is good to me. It's blessing my soul. That's when he told Jehoshaphat in Israel. Be seated. You don't need to fight in this battle. See, every victory they won, they had won it with the sword. But there are times that God will tell you, put the sword back. You ain't going to win it fight. You ain't going to win it cussing. You ain't going to win it lying. You ain't going to win it getting even and getting revenge. Put your sword. You know what he had the nerve to tell them? Get the praisers out. Let the praisers go first. You know what God let it people know? For the battle is not yours. You know reason the battle has not become the Lord's and it's still our battle? It's because you're still working all of your ways and doing what you, you ain't got done doing what you think. And some of us, by nature, we, we, we are fixers. <laughs> well, we get upset when we can't fix something. Come on. And see, that's the human nature. When, when, when you just keep dealing with something, sometimes we get, we get fatigued. Woo, y'all don't hear me, Minister Bree. Man, I was putting something together yesterday for Donald. She said, I read the reviews. It took them 14 hours. I girl, please. It don't take no 14 hours to do this. She said, one man said he put two of them together. And then the next time it took him like four and a half hours. I said, four and a half hours? I said, nah, I know. I was up there sweating like a Hebrew slave. <laughs> Got down to the end, <laughs> the very end. I was tired, y'all. I read the instructions. Oh, now I got down to the end. I said, I don't think I do that. Pop the drawers in. And so I just looked at them and started popping them in. But they did not fit. I said, what is that? I, I trying to get them back out. Couldn't get them back out. And I would listen for her to come out. I'm like, don't let her come up now. She, 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 she go. But see, then I read the instructions. The instructions said each drawer had a number. And each number went in a certain slot. So what looked like the same was not the same. But see, what messed me up is that I got fatigued. I got, I got tired.
But see, God never gets tired. Behold, O Israel, the Lord thy God, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. See, that's when God needs to be our strength and not us. Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't care how wonderful you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how much money you have and how much backing you have from people. There are some troubles. There are some situations that will grab us. Come on, come on. And turn us every which way but loose. Am I right? But not God. Not God. See, I've read some of you right now, what you're going through, you buckling under the pressure. But see, you depending on yourself too much. Am I right about it? Go back to Acts 4. But look at it. The Bible says in Acts 4, and notice verse number 13, in Acts 4, 13. Notice this. These disciples were exemplifying boldness. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. See, that tells me that they knew Jesus to be a man who was bold. And they recognize about Peter and John that y'all have been with Jesus. You're not folding under the pressure. And he didn't fold under the pressure. Come on, somebody. And if I have the mind of Christ, if Christ didn't buckle under pressure, if I'll trust him the way I need to, come on, don't matter how much he allows my brother to be placed on me, if I have the mind of Christ, He'll show me how to deal with everything he allows to be put on me. See, I can trust him. I can trust him because he the one told me that he will put no more on me. And I can bear. That's when I can trust God. I can trust God. Amen. But notice they were displaying that boldness. But notice in, in, in verse 17, but so that it spreads no farther. Then they started making threats against the apostles. And sometimes we'll be operating in boldness. Until, if you will, the enemy seemingly ups the pressure. Or when the trouble goes from, from bad to to. Some of us make the mistake of folding. Because you may not like this about God, but there are times, not always, but there are times before he gives you the ultimate deliverance, he will allow things to get worse before they get better. Yes, he will. Some, some of our greatest blessings, if we, if we really look back, when we was right at the door for the miracle, for the prayer being answered, if you think about it real good, things got worse. They got worse. And most folk who buckle under pressure, they do so because they tell themselves I can't handle this no more. Enough is I've had it. I've 
taken all that I that, 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 that I can that I can take. And then you also can make the mistake of looking at somebody that you don't think going through nothing and just She can, she can shout like that because she ain't. <laughs> she knew what I was going through. She wouldn't be just, yeah. She can, she can do all that because she, she, everything's so wonderful in in her life. But see, it's amazing because there are some of us whoa, who are actually going through more without caving under the pressure. Than people who are going through just a little bit. Come on, somebody. Ain't nobody ever came to church and you just got your praise on. But but you just you looked around, you said, if these folk only knew what I was going through. Some of y'all ain't went through nothing like that. But see, they continue making the threats. But notice, I, I want us to notice something. As they continue to threaten them, the disciples didn't fold. They didn't fold. Now, now, now listen to me. Because there are certain enemies you can deal with. That the more you are determined not to fold, the more angry. See, see, there, see, there are some folk who want you to be a pushover. I'm in the clothes. I'm in the clothes. I said, I said there are some people that they want you to be a doormat all your life. Just let things and people just step all over you. Are y'all hearing me? And see, their boldness upset their enemy. Because they wasn't caving under the pressure that they was applying. Now watch this. Even to the point to where in verse 13, they deemed them, I don't know if y'all caught that, uneducated and untrained. But yet these uneducated, Untrained men knew how to get a prayer through. You better be careful who you criticize. You better be careful who you put down. Come on, somebody. Because if you will notice something, Going all the way back to Acts 3 up until Acts 4. They seem anything but untrained and uneducated. The fact that they was able to hear everything was being thrown at them. In the form of threats that was real. But yet not budge. Don't you know that takes training? I said that takes training. They may not have been educated and trained as they was, but that proved to be a good thing. I said that proved to be a good thing. Pastor, why are you saying that? Because what I see in the text is men who were educated by Jesus. Who were trained by Jesus. See we don't always need the world's training. We don't always need to do it the way the world says it needs to be done. No, I'm going to stay here and do it the way God says to do it. Notice that the Bible says, now Lord look on their threats. I mean, verse 29, and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, when they had prayed, 
when they had prayed. When they had prayed. Sound like they've been trained to me. Trouble is here, but we got to pray. They're threatening, but we got to pray. One of the mistakes some of us make, and the reason we fold so easily, is because during times of trouble, we neglect prayer. For the Bible says in Luke 18 and 1, that men are always to pray and not lose what? Oh, your prayer matters. Prayer helps. Ooh, I said prayer helps. I said prayer helps. I can't count the number of times that I didn't fold because I prayed. I said because I prayed. I said I didn't fold because I prayed. But look at a lot of people who fold, go out and do something that they think is going to help their situation. Watch this. But they make it worse. Who told you to do that sister? Well pastor I felt to be honest with you. That I didn't have no other alternatives. The devil is a liar. Did you pray about this? Have y'all prayed about doing this, that, and the other? But see, it, it isn't the devil. It, demons are so clever. I'm finna bring it in. At making us think. Prayer won't work. Some of you will be like, I, I, just gotta, I, I just gotta get in here and pray. Oh, what you think prayer gonna do? Prayer ain't gonna, prayer ain't gonna change your situation. See, again, the reason I say they was trained is because of what Jesus told them in Matthew 7 and 7. He said, ask. Seek. You'll find. Knock. Not a door. And it shall be open. See, that's a promise. Untrained folk, let the promise go. But in the midst of being threatened, they said, we got to hold to what we've been taught. We've been taught to pray. So let's get in here and call on the name that is above every name. Let's get in here and talk to God about these threats. Because that's all prayer boils down to. I got to talk to God about this trouble. I got to talk to God about these threats. Oh, can I break it down? I got to talk to God about these bills. I got to talk to God about this job. I got to talk to God about this child. I got to talk to God about this mortgage. I got to talk to God about this car. I got to talk to God. I said I'm feeling it in the end. I got to talk to Tell somebody you going to fold if you don't talk to God. Look at somebody else and shout it to him. Tell him you going to fold. If you don't talk to God. Look at another person. Tell them you going to fold. Like a pancake. If you don't talk to God. I'm telling somebody. God got a miracle with your name on it. But if you don't talk to him. About the trouble that's trying to stop your miracle. You going to fold. Oh, oh yeah. I said you going to fold baby. You're going to give in. You're going to buckle under the pressure. Notice, be seated. The Bible says, when they had prayed, we closed them with this, but somebody finna get in prayer. Somebody in here gonna get back to talking to God. You've been missing your prayer time. You gotta get back. I'm trying to close. I thought somebody was gonna get happy who'd been talking to God. Some of you are known for praying in your car. 
I got to talk to God about this trouble. Can I be honest? Don't talk to pastor about your trouble before you talk to God about your trouble. The first person we should talk to about trouble is Talk to your best friend first. Talk to her. Don't you tell mama before you tell. Don't you tell your spouse before you tell. Some of y'all don't like this preaching, but, it, but it's good preaching. Because I'm giving y'all the recipe. I'm giving you the recipe not for a pound cake. I'm giving you the recipe for not folding. That's what I'm doing. Why taking so long? Because I'm giving you the recipe for not folding. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I would hate to see you fold and your miracle was right there. Since I would hate to see you fold, and your husband, single woman, is right around the block. But you're going to go ahead and call Jimmy back. God told you don't call Jimmy back. See, if you fold, <laughs> I hope ain't nobody messing nobody named Jimmy. Now, I hope your name ain't Jimmy. Lord have mercy. <laughs> no, 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 notice this. The Bible said the place. Where they were assembled was shaken. God shook the place. But he just didn't shake it to be shaken. But in the midst of the shaking, he answered their prayer. He gave them boldness. Do you hear me? He gave them boldness. If you don't do everything in the recipe this morning, you're going to fold. I'm going to give you two main ingredients and be done. You're going to fold. Listen, it's possible to come to church, but you unfolded. Singing on the praise team, but you unfolded. Ushering at the door, but you folded. What do you mean, Pastor? I folded. You are no longer looking. For God to manifest the promise, Ursha, that he made you 10 years ago. You folded. But notice, number one, look at John 15. I'm going to give you two things that it means to have boldness. And then we're done. John 15. Two things that it means to have boldness. Look at John 15. Oh, Lord. Had this word helped anybody? Has it helped anybody? Yeah. Number one, notice John 15 and verse 7. Show you what it means to be bold. Remember, because being bold is not being arrogant. It's not being a cocky person. But notice what boldness is. John 15 and 7, Jesus said, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Y'all ain't ready for this. Y'all ain't ready for this refuge. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, this is the part y'all ain't ready for, you will ask what you desire and it shall, not might, not might, not maybe, it shall be done for your brother, for you. You gonna get what you ask for when you are bold. Because the word is abiding in you. What do we see in Acts 4? We see Peter and John and the apostles abiding in the word. Is that not what we saw in Acts 4? Them abiding in the word. Did we see them in Acts 4 getting what they asked for? Yes. We see it. They asked for boldness, and they got boldness. To continue doing ministry, listen to me, or to continue doing the will of God. 
That's what we need. We need boldness right now in a time where most folks in the church are not just folding, but behind the pulpits. Pastors are leaving the pulpit and motivational speakers are replacing pastors. The job of the motivational speaker is to convince you that nothing's wrong with folding. That's what the Holy Ghost told me. The motivational speaker, the coach, don't you ever call me your coach. Don't you ever label me as a motivational speaker. I'm a pastor. I'm a prophet. I speak what God tells me to speak. This ain't no ball game. I ain't coaching nothing. That's when you listen to a lot of preachers now. They want to make folk feel good and know they folded. How am I going to come out here and make you feel good about giving up? Well, so, so you ain't got it in you know where you know where you come from and you know your mama didn't have this and your family didn't do this and so you know you shouldn't expect to do it. You need to just, who, who want to preach? Who want to listen to a prophet like that? Right? But see, I'm going to tell you in the midst of all that you're going through, if you will be bold, I'll be bold in my word towards you and tell you that you're going to have more than anybody ever had in your family. And that's what all the trouble is about, sister. God has set you up to set you apart. Hebrews 10 and we're done. And y'all ever listen to any of these motivational speakers? They don't deal with sin. They don't deal with Anything like that, they always, well, you're going to be okay. You know what? We are all winners in the eyes of God. And that's a lie. You, and see, you can walk out here and get mad at me all you want to. You cannot be folding, buckling under pressure, and talking about you're a winner. No, because you don't have to buckle. You don't have to fold. That's my job to tell you that. All this sinning going on out here. Now you got saints, Hebrew 10. They're folding in the sense of they don't want to live holy no more. Now, now they want to preach to their congregation and tell them certain things are all right to do that God said they wasn't all right to do. What it looked like me folding under pressure, getting me a girlfriend. Because 70% of y'all would be okay with it and y'all won't leave the judge. But see, if I get a girlfriend, I unfold it. Come on. Probably more men are joining the church because they're going to be like, hey, if he got a girlfriend up there, then we. Right? I don't want to fold like that. That's folding like a cheap pancake. Come on. Hebrews 10 35. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Saints back drinking, they back clubbing, listening to all kind of music, but they still just say, I'm just as saved as you is. No, you done folded. And only one can keep us holy is God. Come on, we can't keep ourselves holy. We need the help of God. Y'all need, man, y'all, some of y'all out there, I'm going to call your name out one of these days. I am, I'm going to get you for always looking like you are never tempted by anything. You, some, some of you get under my skin with that. And you ain't going to make me tell on myself today. I'm, I'm about done. I'm in the clothes. Hebrew 10. But when I get to preach stuff like that, you have Satan just sit there and look like, Pastor, you know, I ain't. I, no man is above temptation. When you think you're above temptation, something is coming and you're going to fold. You're going to fold. Right? Now, I'm going to tell y'all, it takes something out here. And I'm going to go to Hebrew 10 and close. It takes something, Sister Jill, out here to look this good in this world and not fold. Only good-looking people understand what I just said. Only good-looking people know 
the battle that you're in. <laughs> Where y'all at, good looking folks? Where my people at? You know you look good. It takes something for you to go out here and not fold. Y'all that sitting down, you'd have no clue. You have no idea. Don't stay in there. Stay seated. Everybody that's up, remain up. Don't If you ain't up, don't get up. Look at somebody that's sitting down and say, believe you me. It takes something. Y'all be seated. My own wife sitting down. Jesus. No Chanel for you. <laughs> Hebrew 10.35. If y'all heard that growl, if y'all heard some growling that came from over here, then you heard any growling. Hebrew 10.35. Y'all laughing, but we needed to end with some joy. And that's what I'm telling you, you got so many churches now. Churches you used to could go in and you knew that they was about holiness, sanctification, and so forth. Those churches done folded. And, and listen, you always going to have in every church people who don't do right. You know, but we got them. Ain't no church full of people that everybody in church doing right. You have folks, you know they get taught, but they go out here and fold and do what they shouldn't do. But, but as a whole, Refuge, we don't want to be known. And folks say, you know, Refuge of Duna, that church on the hill, they used to be on fire. They used to, man, they folded. But see, Hebrew 10, 35 say, cast not away, therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. See, when you are bold, it only says about us, the final piece to the recipe is that we don't cast away our confidence. Trouble is here. Affliction is here. But I don't cast away. My confidence. Why? Because Hebrew 10, 35 tells me that my confidence is valuable. Hanging on to my confidence will release a reward. Amen? Look at your name and say, don't fold. Don't fold. Be, bold. Be bold. And let's stand to our feet and give God a tremendous hand of praise. <laughs> don't fold. Be bold. <laughs>